Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's Halloween episode is The Broomstick Train, or The Return of the Witches, by Oliver Wendell Holmes. The Broomstick Train is a fanciful poem about a newfangled thing at the time it was written, electric trolley cars. The first electric trolley cars appeared in Boston in 1889, and the broomstick train appeared the following year. Its central conceit is that the trolley poles that transfer the electricity from the overhead wire to the trolley car look like broomsticks with the wheeled shoe that presses the wire as the broom. Combining that fancy with the sense that the trolley, like so many new inventions, is something infernal, Holmes imagines the trolley poles as witches' broomsticks. One more step completes Holmes's conception that the witches are the Salem witches of 200 years earlier, now let loose to take the place of the horses that until then had pulled trolley cars. A couple of things to keep in mind to enjoy the broomstick train. First, though we often think of heaven as the world above, and the world as the world below, in the broomstick train, the world above is the earthly world, and the world below is the place where the witches of Salem Village and Essex County have been for the last 200 years since they'd been tried. Yes, that place. Secondly, to help picture the image fully, Realize that the trolley pole has a rope dangling from it to maneuver it, as is needed, and the contact point with the overhead wire often sparked or arced as the electric motor otherwise purred. Let's listen. The Broomstick Train, or The Return of the Witches, by Oliver Wendell Holmes. Look out, look out, boys. Clear the track. The witches are here. They've all come back. They hanged them high. No use. What cares a witch for a hangman's noose? They buried them deep, but they wouldn't lie still, for cats and witches are hard to kill. They swore they shouldn't and wouldn't die. Books said they did, but they lie. They lie. For a couple hundred years or so, they had knocked about in the world below, when an Essex deacon dropped in to call, and a homesick feeling seized them all. For he came from a place they knew full well, and many a tale he had to tell. They longed to visit the haunts of men, to see the old dwellings they knew again, and ride on their broomsticks all around their wide domain of unhallowed ground. In Essex County there's many a roof well known to him of the cloven hoof, The small square windows are full in view, which the midnight hags went sailing through on their well-trained broomsticks mounted high, seen like shadows across the sky, crossing the track of owls and bats, hugging before them their coal-black cats. For that couple of hundred years or so, there had been no peace in the world below. The witches still grumbling, it isn't fair, Come, give us a taste of the upper air. We've had enough of your sulfur springs and the evil odor that round them clings. We long for a drink that's cool and nice, great buckets of water with winter mice. We've served you well upstairs, you know. 
you're a good old fellow. Come, let us go. I don't feel sure of his being good, but he happened to be in a pleasant mood, as fiends with their skins full sometimes are. He'd been drinking with roughs at a Boston bar. So what does he do but up and shout to a greybeard turnkey, let them out? To mind his orders was all he knew. The gate swung open and out they flew. Where are our broomsticks, the beldams cried. Here are your broomsticks, an imp replied. They've been in the place you know, so long they smell of brimstone, uncommon strong. But they've gained by being left alone. Just look and you'll see how tall they've grown. And where is my cat, a vixen squalled. Yes, where are our cats, the witches bawled, and began to call them all by name. As fast as they called the cats, they came. There was bob-tailed Tommy and long-tailed Tim and wall-eyed Jackie and green-eyed Jim and splay-footed Benny and slim-legged Beau and skinny and squally and Jerry and Joe and many others that came at call. It would take too long to count them all. All black. One could hardly tell which was which, but every cat knows his own old witch and she knew hers as hers knew her. Ah, didn't they curl their tails and purr. No sooner the withered hags were free than out they swarmed for a midnight spree. I couldn't tell you all they did in rhymes, but the Essex people had dreadful times. The Swamscott fishermen still relate how a strange sea monster stole their bait, how their ropes were tangled in loops and knots, and they found dead crabs in their lobster pots. Poor Danvers grieved for her blasted crops, and Wilmington mourned over mildewed hops. A blight played havoc with Beverly Beans. It was all the work of those hateful queens. Now when the boss of Beldams found that without his leave they were ramping round, he called. They could hear him twenty miles from Chelsea Beach to the Misery Isles. The deafest old granny knew his tone without the trick of the telephone. Come here, you witches, come here, says he, at your games of old without asking me. I'll give you a little job to do that will keep you stirring, you godless crew. They came, of course, at their master's call, the witches, the broomsticks, the cats, and all. He led the hags to a railway train the horses were trying to drag in vain. Now then, he says, you've had your fun, and here are the cars you've got to run. The driver may unhitch his team. We don't want horses. We don't want steam. You may keep your old black cats to hug, but the loaded train you've got to lug. Since then, on many a car you'll see a broomstick plain as plain can be. On every stick there's a witch astride. The string you see to her leg is tied. She will do a mischief if she can, but the string is held by a careful man. As for the hag, you can't see her, but hark, you can hear her black cat's purr. And now and then, as a car goes by, you might catch a glimpse from her wicked eye. Often you've looked on a rushing train, but just what moved it was not so plain. It couldn't be the wires above, for they could neither pull nor shove. Where was the motor that made it go? You couldn't guess, but now you know.
The pleasure of a poem is only partly what it says. The larger part is how it says it, or actually the interplay of the two, what it says and how it says it, its sound and rhythm and vocabulary. We experience this pleasure first and most intensely when we are children being read nursery rhymes and stories. The same is true of the broomstick train. The idea is amusing, but the fun is how Holmes presents it. The arrival of an Essex deacon down below, for instance. In the Puritan world, church deacons and witches aren't supposed to wind up in the same place, but here they do. So, too, the other details of the poem. The devil drinking with the roughs at a Boston bar. The names of the cats. In telling these names, Holmes also has fun with sound and rhythm and rhyme. There was bob-tailed Tommy and long-tailed Tim, and wall-eyed Jackie and green-eyed Jim, and splay-footed Benny and slim-legged Bo, and skinny and squally and Jerry and Joe, and many another that came at call. It would take too long to count them all. I don't know about you, but the sound and rhythm of these lines reminds me of another doctor. Perhaps the playful spirit of Dr. Holmes lived on in Dr. Zeus. Now that you know what's being said more fully from your first listen, let's listen again to enjoy more fully how Holmes says it. The Broomstick Train, or The Return of the Witches, by Oliver Wendell Holmes. Look out! Look out, boys! Clear the track! The witches are here! They've all come back! They hang them high! No use! What cares a witch for a hangman's noose? They buried them deep, but they wouldn't lie still, for cats and witches are hard to kill. They swore they shouldn't and wouldn't die. Books said they did, but they lie, they lie. For a couple hundred years or so, they had knocked about in the world below, when an Essex deacon dropped in to call, and a homesick feeling seized them all. For he came from a place they knew full well, and many a tale he had to tell. They longed to visit the haunts of men, to see the old dwellings they knew again, and ride on their broomsticks all around their wide domain of unhallowed ground. In Essex County there's many a roof well known to him of the cloven hoof. The small square windows are full in view, which the midnight hags went sailing through on their well-trained broomsticks mounted high, seen like shadows against the sky, crossing the track of owls and bats, hugging before them their coal-black cats. For that couple of hundred years or so, there had been no peace in the world below, the witches still grumbling, It isn't fair. Come, give us a taste of the upper air. We've had enough of your sulfur springs and the evil odor that round them clings. We long for a drink that is cool and nice, great buckets of water with winham ice. We've served you well upstairs, you know. You're a good old fellow. Come, let us go. I don't feel sure of his being good, but he happened to be in a pleasant mood, as fiends with their skins full sometimes are. He'd been drinking with roughs at a Boston bar. So what does he do but up and shout to a greybeard turnkey, let them out? To mind his orders was all he knew. The gate swung open, and out they flew. Where are our broomsticks, the beldams cried. 
Here are your boomsticks, an imp replied. They've been in the place you know. So long they smell of brimstone, uncommon strong. But they've gained by being left alone. Just look and you'll see how tall they've grown. And where is my cat, the vixen squalled. Yes, where are our cats, the witches bawled and began to call them all by name. As fast as they called the cats, they came. There was Bob-tailed Tommy and Long-tailed Tim, and Wall-eyed Jackie and Green-eyed Jim, and Splay-footed Benny and Slim-legged Bo, and Skinny and Squally and Jerry and Joe, and many another that came at call. It would take too long to count them all. All black. One could hardly tell which was which, but every cat knows his own old witch, and she knew hers as hers knew her. Ah, didn't they curl their tails and purr. No longer the withered hags were free, then out they swarmed for a midnight spree. I couldn't tell you all they did in rhymes, but the Essex people had dreadful times. The Swanscott fishermen still relate how a strange sea monster stole their bait, how their ropes were tangled in loops and knots, and they found dead crabs in their lobster pots. Poor Danvers grieved for her blasted crops, and Wilmington mourned over mildewed hops. A blight played havoc with Beverly's beans. It was all the work of those hateful queens. Now when the boss of Beldams found that without his leave they were ramping round, he called. They could hear him twenty miles from Chelsea Beach to the Misery Isles. The deafest old granny knew his tone without the trick of the telephone. Come here, you witches, come here, says he. At your games of old without asking me? I'll give you a little job to do that will keep you stirring, you godless crew. They came, of course, at their master's call, the witches, the broomsticks, the cats, and all. He led the hags to a railway train the horses were trying to drag in vain. Now then, says he, you've had your fun, and here are the cars you've got to run. The driver may just unhitch his team. We don't want horses, we don't want steam. You may keep your old black cats to hug, but the loaded train you've got to lug. Since then, on many a car you'll see a broomstick plain as plain can be. On every stick there's a witch astride. The string you see to her leg is tied. She will do a mischief if she can, but the string is held by a careful man. As for the hag, you can't see her, but hark, you can hear her black cat's purr. And now and then, as a car goes by, you might catch a glimpse from her wicked eye. Often you've looked on a rushing train, but just what moves it was not so plain. It couldn't be those wires above, for they could neither pull nor shove. Where was the motor that made it go? You couldn't guess, but now you know. Old people, such as Holmes was when he wrote The Broomstick Train, he was almost ninety, are often grumpy about modern things, particularly infernal modern things. But such isn't the case here. Holmes, after all, was one of the driving figures in bringing modern medicine from France to America in the 19th century. He knew that modern improvements are good, no matter how apparently infernal. 
rather he is making good-humored fun, which I hope I'll still be capable of when I'm ninety. Like all of us, I need good-humored fun these days, and I expect I'll still need it in that far-off, or not-so-far-off, future. I hope you enjoyed the broomstick train, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. And visit this podcast's website, firesidepoems.com, where you'll find previous episodes and also my email address. I'd love to hear from you to learn a little bit about who you are and what you like as you join me each week by the fireside.